0: For the week ending on July 3rd, Philadelphia had a total record of 6-4, with the Phillies going 3-3, losing only one series. I know that sounds weird. The Soul winning their one game, 54-43. The Fusion winning their one match, 3-2, in a map 5 situation. And the Union going 1-1 with a 2-4 loss and a 3-1 win. So much to talk about, as always, so please sit down, relax, and enjoy your ride here on The Orange Line. He had high hopes. He had high hopes. Hands, everybody, for Philadelphia '76. So, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your weekly source of Philly sports the Orange Line. I am your host, Dr. PhD, here as always to break down some of the news from the MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, MLS, NLL, OWL, and AFL, and uh, talk about how it all pertains to the city of brotherly love. And as always, we always start with what we last left off last week, and then work our way up from the least amount of news to the most amount of news and to what team is currently doing the best so without further ado let's go right into it sorry i have to uh get a few things fixed up but there let's talk about the philadelphia Union the team that kicked off my birthday weekend happy birthday to me by the way thanks ladies and gentlemen uh, but uh the fusion ended up having a very back and forth very exciting match against the boston uprising on saturday and uh it was it was really fun to watch. It kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time. It was scary though. Let's just read down the maps and their scores, why don't we? It was a 2 to nothing win on map 1. Map 2 was a 1 to 2 loss. Map 3 was 1-0. Oh. Map 4 was 1 to 2. And in map 5, it ended up being 2 to 1. We actually had to come from behind on that one, but I'll get to that very quickly. Um like I already said it was a very back and forth match you can hear from uh, how those maps went um but the thing that I really enjoyed about it is that there was a ton of different comps that was going on uh I think we only saw goats for pretty much like the mass last uh, minute and a half I believe which is Awesome. Honestly, the past two stages were just completely dominated by goats, and it's nice to see a lot more DPS characters out there. I think this uh, three DPS comp is going to be something that will be, I'll say really good for uh, the Philadelphia Fusion specifically, just because Carpe is insane as a DPS player. We all know that his Widowmaker was great, which we got to see on Saturday, but he was also able to bust out the Sombra, which is just as good, in my opinion, and some Tracer, who is a personal favorite character of mine. EQO was also insane on uh, Phara He was absolutely monstrous, was able to get a whole bunch of really disgusting barrages out there, and Sato was... um also just insane on uh winston i've not been a big fan of his reinhardt but his winston is incredible he was able to make a whole lot of great use of uh his primal rages which is i mean it's got to be necessary that's his ult um but he was able to charge that ult super quickly throughout every single match that he was playing winston and i believe that is a good thing um, scary come from behind win though on map five. They went down on the first point, which is not ideal. Going into the second point, they ended up getting, uh, not getting the, the Boston Uprising ended up having 99%. And it looked like we were on our way out, but we fought through, was able to get the comeback, get the flip, and win point two. And then point three, we, uh, we seem to just really get a handle on the entire matchup. It was really, really great to see. I just I'd like to see the fusion be able to just win. I want four rows. That's what I want. And as, as you know, exciting as it can be for uh you know the the fusion to be on that edge of the seat kind of match, i I'd, I'd like for them to dominate. Leave like the exciting matches for teams that are not the fusion. I want my team to dominate. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, We did need these wins because Stage 4, I mean Stage 3, is uh, just wrapping up. Stage 4 is, you know, getting closer. It's going to be here soon. Um, And I believe I keep hearing rumblings of maybe some changes happening to the League, to Overwatch itself. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all goes. We do need these wins uh, just so we can... Continue to rise up the ranks um, in terms of total overall record just so when Stage 4 does end, we can get to the playoffs, work our way up, and maybe get to Philadelphia for the Grand Finals once again. Um, Unfortunately, we are going to fall short of Stage 3 playoffs. I think the map differential is what's going to kill us, so start thinking about winning some more maps, uh, Philadelphia Fusion. But other than that, that's about it for the Philadelphia Fusion. So let's go on over to the Philadelphia Wings. They, uh, once again, sadly, did not have any news. It's been very silent in the offseason for the Philadelphia Wings. I'm sure more things are going to come out once the expansion draft is said and done. Uh, But for right now, I don't really have anything. So I wanted to take the time to appreciate Last year's expansion draft, when the Philadelphia Wings came in, took some players from some other teams, and we actually got some pretty key players. We got the likes of Kyle Matisse, Jordan Hall, Josh Courier, and our boy, Matt Rambo. So I, I, I'm pretty happy with it. That's what I'll say. Um... Obviously, some of these guys are pretty big. We just re-signed Josh Courier. Kyle Matisse is going to be with us for a while. I believe Matt Rambo is. We held on to those three. I don't think we held on to Jordan Hall, which is a little upsetting, but he did do some work for us this year, so good on him. Hopefully, we can retain him, but who knows as of right now. Speaking of teams that have wings and can fly, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, why don't we? Um, they have also been fairly silent. I know it's not the most exciting thing to hear. So I decided we're going to pivot and talk about something else. There's been a lot of love coming from the Eagles right now. Um, a lot of love specifically going to Julie Ertz. She is the wife of, uh, Tight End, Zach Ertz, I believe. He's a Tight End, yeah? Yeah. Um... And uh, uh, she also plays for the U.S. Women's National Team for uh, soccer, if you were not aware of that. She is the very middle, the very center of the entire team, playing that nice little mid. I, I say little. That's I don't want to sound like I'm belittling her achievement. She's a way better soccer player than I would ever be. But yeah, she plays right in the center. She's a very pivotal piece for this team. And it's just been nice that the Eagles are sending a lot of love out there. She's, you know, a baller on her own, which is why it's nice to give her credit for that. I'm I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you know, Zach Ertz's wife. No, Julie Ertz is an American hero, and she's a baller. She's badass. Um, the teams actually full of badasses, and uh, this past week they actually played twice, had two wins as well. On Friday, the 28th, they had a 2-1 win over France, who I believe is hosting the World Cup, so uh, suck it, France! And then on the second, we actually played England, who I think was ranked as the third best team in the world, and we were able to beat them. So two L's in one week for England. First on the second, and then the second on the fourth so uh i i guess england you get to suck it too uh <laughs> um but yeah that's a that's about it more to look forward to from julie and the women's national team but we will get to that other teams to talk about we have the philadelphia flyers they um, they've been in the news a whole lot recently They've uh, you know, had a whole bunch of signings and whatnot, but this week has been a little bit more low-key. We're focusing on the younger guys. Um, everything really kicked off on the 28th, which was Friday. Um, they held their annual three-on-three tournament for all of the developing stars and all the young kids out there. That's really good. That's really nice. Um, it was split into four teams. I believe the orange, the white, the black, and the gray teams. Um, out of all of it, Team White wins. The only person that I can really remember that was on that team is Bobby Brink, and that's just because I think he has the coolest name in probably the entire Flyers organization. I love that name, man. I, I think it's awesome. So I, I'm i going to keep looking out for him. I'm going to look out for you, Bobby. Um, and then things keep moving on forward on the 29th, they ended up having a developmental scrimmage, which I think is nice. On my card here, I actually said that's good for the kids, um, and by that I, I really just meant that. Well, it's it's good that they're getting something kind of close to playtime, time, uh, close to actual you know games. the 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 thing that I've always said is the best way to learn a game is to play the game, and uh, getting them to play some actual hockey is good. So good for the kids. Um, and then the only other piece of news that I could really muster up was on the second the Flyers ended up signing eight players to AHL contracts. Um, a whole lot of players, a lot of players that I didn't know, um, but it's good because it adds depth for our team possibly. I know they were all a bit of like the older guys, so just probably like career AHL guys. Um, they were like 26, 27. I know there was one guy who was 33 who I believe is a defenseman, who actually spent a whole lot of time with, I want to say Minnesota. Don't quote me on that. But he played a whole lot of time in uh, the NHL, close to 300-some games, uh, mostly as the seventh defenseman. So if you know they didn't have their last defenseman for the game or they wanted to change a matchup or something, he would get some starts in there. So that's good. Love having some depth for our team. Um, speaking of some of the younger guys, on uh, some of the Philadelphia teams. The Sixers, they, uh, they've they made a few signings. Some of the younger guys finally put ink to paper, but we'll get to them. we got to break it down piece by piece by piece. Free agency started on the 30th, I believe, at 6 o'clock. There was news buzzing all over the place. What's going to happen with Jimmy Butler? Where's Tobias Harris going to go? What am I going to wear for next season? Because I can't wear my J.J. Redick jersey anymore. Um... But, like I said, we got to start from the beginning, as we always do. So the first thing that came up is Tobias Harris. He's back for five more years. Hooray! Um, From what I heard, it seemed like he was a better fit for uh, the Sixers organization, which I think is smart. He's um, a guy that ended up kind of meshing pretty well with uh, our core group of guys. And uh, as much as I love Jimmy Butler, he did have a bit of a personality to him, which is great. But uh, I think it's going to be good for him to take his talents to South Beach. Um, The next signing that came up was Mike Scott. The Scott Hive lives. Um, Now, this is a personality that I can really enjoy with. I know that that guy ain't no bitch, and that's the kind of player that I want on my team. He was a key bench player, did a whole lot during the playoffs, so I'm pretty happy about that. I'm not entirely sure what his numbers were, but I know in terms of what he was able to produce off of the bench, it was pretty decent. So it's good to have him back for a little bit. The next one to come was actually Al Harford, um, who uh, is going to be able to add a whole lot of defense to the starting five, which I know is a big thing with Elton Brand right now. So uh, defense is going up, and uh, now it looks like we might need just a little bit more of a scoring. Hopefully things can change with that. Kylo Quinn was another person that was added, gets uh, a little bit further depth for uh, center, which I know is going to be a big deal because when Joel Embiid's not on the floor, that was one of the biggest things going into the end of last season is if he's not out there, we ended up taking a whole bunch of minuses and when he was out there, we were getting a lot of pluses. So if we can minus the minuses and plus the pluses, if we can just steer away from the bad, start going to the good, I think that is all great news. Uh, From then on, on. uh everything kind of started happening on the second um Ben Simmons he ended up getting an extension which is great I actually love this um I think Ben Simmons is a great player he is um, one of the best minds that I think is uh, on the floor and uh it seems like he's been working on a shot it should be better this year um but uh I'm I'm being hopeful I as I always am. Um, everything else that happened on the second, we actually brought back James Ennis, which is nice. Uh, another person who was really helpful in the playoffs, really helpful off of the bench. Shake Milton comes back for uh, four more years. He's a young guy who I believe played with the Blue Coats for most of this season and got maybe a couple games, couple minutes in him at the end of the season. But uh, it's looking like the future of this team could have some bright side i i'm being hopeful i know um tyrone johnson from uh from i think 97.5 is a really big fan of his and i like tyrone so uh i agree i'm i'm hopeful for shake he's also got a great name matisse thibault on the third he officially signed his contract so welcome to the philadelphia 76ers my friend uh get 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 ready because uh we can we can be assholes at times um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he plays during Summer League, which is just about to kick off. And uh, one thing that I wanted to add is on the 4th, I finally decided that we got to pour one out for the Lost Homies. I'm talking about J.J. Redick, T.J. McConnell, Jimmy Butler, a whole lot of Jays on that list. But we got to pour one out for the Homies because uh, while I did really appreciate them on our team, they are off to... Hopefully not greener pastures, but to a different pasture. I hope they have a good season, just not a too good season. I don't want them to fly under the Flyers' curse. Don't want to see those players traded away and do better. But that's going to talk, I mean not talk, that's going to lead us into uh, well, the nitty and the gritty of this week, um, which was a, a pretty middle-of-the-road week i guess for the philadelphia union the beast in the east they looked great on um on saturday the 29th they started off very well against new york city fc they had a couple of early goals but the problem is that all of the momentum that was given to them by those early goals was completely shut down by a couple of penalty kicks two penalty kicks two goals boom it's two to two and uh I've, it felt like at that point the U were just deflated. They really couldn't capitalize on some of their opportunities, and then defensively they were just kind of left standing. Uh, Jake Elliott, though, he uh, he had a pretty nice save, so count that one for him. Give him credit on that one. Um, but other than that, it was not a disappointing loss. It's just an upsetting loss. All that momentum that we worked really hard for down in the toilet. But it's okay because we moved into Wednesday the 3rd and uh, we played against Orlando City. I forget what I said last week, but I know I did not say Orlando City, so I apologize for that. Um, but they actually started off as the stronger team, getting a very early goal, I believe 16 minutes in. Um, so we had to fight our way back, but we have done that before and then you have shown that they are a tough team. Um, Like they've done so far this season, they've fought back against, you know, even if it's just a one-goal deficit, they have climbed their way back. Uh, Shubilko was absolutely insane, scored two goals, actually scored one in the game against uh, the New York City FC, the New York City FC. Um, For his seventh and eighth goal, which is absolutely insane, that means he has three goals in the last two games, so he is on fuego. And uh, Fafa, he also scored. And, interestingly enough, he was the other goal in the game on Saturday. So, a whole lot of great stuff happening for the Union. I believe we also signed um, another defenseman. I can't remember his name. I should have wrote it down. I apologize for that. I will uh, I'll get back to you on next week's episode. So, I apologize for that. But, in terms of everything else, it seemed like a pretty mediocre week for the Union, but I'm hoping that they can continue on that upwards trajectory. We're still number one. We're still the beast in the East, so let's keep that going. A team that could learn a thing or two from that team, though, is uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. They, uh, they, In terms record-wise, they had a very middle-of-the-road week, but um, I'm less than thrilled with them right now. Things started off on the 27th. They finished out their series against the Mets. They had already won that series, but they were going for the sweep, and that's exactly what they got. They got to come from behind, walk off when Aaron Nola was a stud. Seven beautiful innings. He had 10 Ks, one hit, and one walk. Absolutely insane. Um, it just sucks that Hector Naris just could not get that save. It it blows my mind that he couldn't get that save. Um, He ends up getting another one later on in the week. We'll get to that. But it sucks that we had to have the bats kind of explode in the ninth just to even get the win when Nola pitches 10 strikeouts, a hit, and a walk. One hit and one walk. The kid's insane. But uh, thankfully, we were able to uh, get the win off of a Gene Segura uh, home run, three-run home run. Um, so, uh, once again, the Mets bullpen proves that it is worse than ours. Thank goodness. I know, uh, the one Mets commentator like lost his mind. It was absolutely hilarious. Go check that out. But that makes us roll right into, uh, the next series, which was against the Florida Marlins. And I said that we had to go in there and we had to beat them up like they did when they came to CBP and they didn't. And the one thing I got to say is Vince Velasquez, what the fuck? The boys lose 2 to 6. The boys lose 2 to 6 and a lot of those runs are on Vince. They're on Vinny Villa. And the only thing I can say is that the guy who gave up all of the runs on defense is also the reason why we had runs on our side of the scorecard. He hits a home run, a two-run home run. The pitcher, a garbage pitcher, It's a two-run home run, and that's the only offense that we're able to manage that entire game. Pitiful. Pitiful. That's not what I want to see. That's not what I like to see. That's the opposite of what I like to see. I like to see my hitter's hit and my pitcher's pitch. Vinny, I want to see something better than that. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like I'm going to get that. And, well... Then we moved into the 29th, and my birthday was seeming to go well, except for the Phillies once again. Thanks a lot, guys, you ruined it. Six runs got let up in the 7th on the 29th. They blow a three run lead, give up six runs in the 7th. Absolutely awful. Eflin was pretty decent, it's just the bullpen. The bullpen can't do anything. The bullpen is a problem and I used to say that they were tired I used to say that they were overworked and maybe that's true but the problem is even when they're not tired even when all we have is Aaron Nola pitching seven incredible innings of 10 strikeouts we get to you know today the 29th they shouldn't be too tired they should be fairly well rested and they blow a lead pitiful, pitiful. I'm tired of this bullpen. I'm tired of this pitching right now. It's very upsetting. Thank God things got turned around on the 30th. The Phillies finally beat the Marlins after losing five straight games, 13 to six. The bats finally showed up. The one thing that I said that they had to do, um, lots of hittings, And lucky enough, we had a reverse of yesterday. They had six runs in the seventh. We had seven runs in the sixth. So that's great. We kind of blew up there. And that's what I like to see. It's just, I want to see more of that. Had a day break on the first. Everyone got to relax on the first day of July. But in the second, we got right back to it. Playing Atlanta. Nola gets another start again. Thank goodness our boy is insane. For the second time, all season, the Braves got shut out. We are the second team all season to do that. And We were the first one to do it at home. At their home, I should say. Um, Nola, I gotta say, he's just a gem. He's insane, man. 8Ks in 8 innings. I believe he only had 4 hits. No runs, obviously. And Nares comes in and gets the save. That's absolutely, like, what I like to see. It's just, I want to see more of that. The Phillies need a pitcher. That's all I can say. I'm upset. We had another game on the third. Um, you know, once again, against the Atlanta Braves. And the only thing really memorable about the game is uh, Bryce Harper. He hit his uh, 200th home run, which was also his 1,000th career hit. I believe I saw something that he's the only player ever to have those two milestones, you know, sync up at the same time. So, cool. Uh, Scott Canary had some uh, pretty decent grabs at center field, so good for him. But I I just got to say, like, we, we need starting pitching. Our starting pitching is nowhere to be found and it's, it's starting to piss me off, honestly. It's starting to annoy me. Um, last p- piece of news, I should say, for the Philadelphia Phillies is Adubel Herrera. Uh, had the charges dropped against him for domestic violence. Um, and, like, I I guess that's good for him. I don't want him on my team. I don't want him on my team. I don't want that aura. I don't want that idea on my team. That's That's not something allowable. That's not something okay. I don't want them on my team. That's all I'm going to say about that. So we're going to move in to the Philadelphia Soul. I don't know why my button wasn't working. But, yeah, we're going to move in to the Philadelphia Soul. And, um, well, I don't know what else I can say other than they were the best part of my birthday. Hooray! Um, I said last week that this was going to be a big win if they could get it, and it absolutely was. League best team, Albany Empire, came in to Philadelphia eight and one, eight and one, and they leave eight and two. Thank goodness. Fifty four to forty three. Soul kinda dominated. They gave them their worst second half of their entire season and uh in the end, the Soul end up clinching a playoff berth, like I said, that they could, that they would. They move into second now in the entire league, and that's their third straight win. A whole lot of things all combined into one. Gotta love it for the Philadelphia Soul, man. Dan Ranabal was also slinging, was able to uh, just throw Tom Grady. Yes, Tom Grady of the Albany Impact, who was last year's MVP. He also got Offensive Player of the Week this week. I'm talking about Dan Roddeball. That's big red for you. Um, He went 21 for 31 with uh, 231 yards in total and seven touchdowns. The dude's insane. If you have him on your fantasy team, that's a whole lot of points. Good for you. Um, D also was very good. Um, I've been harping on the defense all year long, and uh, they were able to get the first sack on Tom Grady, All season, which is great, end up getting a second one later on in the game. Also had two interceptions. One of them uh, was uh, really big on a uh, a roughed-up Tom Grady on a fourth down, which caused them to not even get any score in uh, the third quarter. And uh, the second one ended up kind of solidifying the game. So congratulations to the Philadelphia Soul. I'm excited to see where they go, and I'm excited for the playoffs, hopefully, Hopefully, we can uh, we can get all the way to the Arena Bowl, uh, the Super Arena Bowl. I don't know what they call it, but the championship match. Well, that kind of ends it for all the news for Philadelphia sports. I know you probably want more. I do have more to say, but I don't have that much time. So for right now, let's just talk about the team schedules, what's going to be happening next week. whole lot of stuff this week. Five teams are finally going to be playing. We are moving in to a different season, a different time maybe. Who knows? Um, but the Phillies, they uh, finish up their series on the 4th against the Atlanta Braves. Um, then Friday through Sunday, they are going to be playing the New York Mets. And then we get a nice little break. The All-Star Game is going to be happening on the 9th. I believe that's Wednesday. Um, So that's going to be pretty cool. No, that's Tuesday. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, the All-Star Game, I think JT Real Muto is going to be there. He absolutely deserves it. He's one of the best catchers in the league. Um, And so that's something to look forward to. The Soul have another game this week. That's going to be on Saturday. It's going to be at the Atlantic City Black Jacks. Hopefully continue all of this momentum that they have. The Fusion have two matches this week. One's going to be on Saturday against the Washington Justice. And the other one is going to be on Sunday against the Shangdu Dragons. No, Shanghai Dragons. Um, The Union also have another match this week. It's going to be a redo at home against the Orlando City Soccer Club. I I had to write that one out since I forgot last week. And uh, the Sixers. Funny enough, they start play this week. Um, Friday, they're going to be playing against Milwaukee. Saturday, they're going to be playing against Boston. Um, Monday, they're going to be playing against the OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, Wednesday, they're going to be at Detroit playing against Detroit. So uh, that's going to be all some fun stuff to look forward to. But here is the funnest stuff, the things that are the most fun It's Dr. PhD's Pick of the Week. Picks of the Week, I should say. And starting everything off, basketball is back. Like I just said, we have the Summer League kicking off, and the kids are going to be out to play. We got Shake Milton. We got Matisse Theibel. We have Zier Smith. They're all going to be playing. They're all going to be rocking it out in the Summer League on this team. It's going to be interesting to see how some of these kids play, how they're developing, what's going to be happening, especially with Matisse. Um. So the game to look out for, I would say, is the game on Friday against uh, Milwaukee, the Bucks. That's an alter reality of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um. For the second pick this week, the Fusion, they are taking a road trip all the way to Atlanta just to play the Washington Justice. As of right now, the Justice are two and seventeen, and uh, they are ripe for the picking. They um. Uh, The Philly, I should say, is uh, right on that cusp of being one of those teams that's guaranteed a spot to go into the playoffs after uh, Stage 4 concludes. So these wins are big. All these wins and all these sports are big, as should be but this one is going to be very important. So that's going to be the one to look out for. And for the third pick, I know I always make it a wild card, but this one is going to be sports-related. It's going to be the U.S. women's national team. They're pretty good at soccer, if I can say so myself. Um, They're going to be playing in the World Cup for the World Cup against the Netherlands. Um, So we're all going to be sitting there and cheering on our girl Julie Ertz, hopefully to get the win and bring some gold back to Philadelphia and uh, the rest of the United States um, because I know that the men's team won't do that. But all of that aside, this has been this week's episode of The Orange Line. I've been Dr. PhD. Thank you so much for listening. If you want, you can follow me on Twitter. That's going to be at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. And if you want, you can follow the podcast. That's going to be at Orange Line Pod, spelled exactly the way you think. I'm always tweeting out about some of the sports, retweeting some of the things that are pertinent to what might be happening on the podcast. And just some little other tidbits of information. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook. That's going to be the Orange Line Podcast, Uh, doing pretty much the same thing. And uh, that's been the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you do... Uh, If you can, like, subscribe, comment, let me know what you think of this show. I always am looking to find ways that I can improve this, myself, anything. So with all that being said, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.